Hello and welcome to Made to Measure, the podcast of the Journal of Trading Standards. I'm Paul Evans. In this episode, we're talking about cuts to regulatory and enforcement budgets. It's an unfortunate reality that any conversation about trading standards and consumer protection at the moment is likely to keep coming back to the risks posed by cuts. With regulatory services suffering losses of more than 50%, there's an inevitable impact on how trading standards are enforced, leading to widespread concern about consumer protection. The situation has led to difficult decisions for local authorities, which are having to assess which public services take budgetary priority, and, in many areas, trading standard services have felt the pinch. Ongoing uncertainty about Brexit only seems to be exacerbating the problem, with the possibility of further risks to consumer protection coming at a time when enforcement services are already stretched. These were two of the major topics of discussion at this year's CTSI Symposium. Across the three days, many of the people our team spoke to voiced similar concerns. They presented a range of solutions, including the harnessing of new technology, a shift in the national local enforcement model, and a focus on training the next generation of trading standards professionals in a new enforcement paradigm. In the busy exhibition hall, we took a range of opinions from delegates, including CTSI lead officers, a local councillor, and the head of the government's Office for Product Safety and Standards. But first, we heard from the Minister for Consumer Protection, Kelly Tolhurst MP, who started by talking about her relationship with trading standards and the government's position on cuts. Well, trading standards are a priority for me and for the government because when there is consumer detriment, it is the trading standards, a network that are able to investigate that and enforce on the legislation that we've made or the regulations that we've set in in Parliament. And trading standards are a key role in delivering for consumers. We've heard today Lord Harris talk about the connection between national trading standards and local trading standards. The reality of the reality of it is is that local authority funding has been cut over a recent period. So it has fallen very much to local priorities. Now some local authorities will take very different decisions around how they believe trading standards as a priority within their organisation. And it is right that there will be differences across the country. One of the things that we wanted to do with the National Trading Standards, obviously, was being able to get that commissioner base. I think that it's a challenge. It has been a challenge. And one thing that I've been very struck by, actually, since I've had this role, is that how officers and trading standards officials, whether they be in local authorities and some of the work they're doing, they've risen to the challenge, actually. They have, under difficult and challenging environment, have worked really hard, and we are seeing some great results from that. Um, But quite rightly, as the Minister for Consumers... I am absolutely rightly concerned and uh, that's why I take a keen interest in the enforcement landscape. Craig McClue is Head of Policy at CTSI. He gave his views on the practical day-to-day realities of cuts to resources and the importance of preserving high standards of consumer protection. We are seeing the mood music change on on what regulation means and whether it matters. Trading standards numbers are, are under pressure. It's becoming trite to say that, of course, but it's no less true. That cut in Trading Standards Office has been facilitated by this agenda that we're a burden on business and that red tape is hindering 
good business, when in fact the opposite is true. And uh, it takes crises, unfortunately, and something like the, the horrific sites at Grenfell have shown that, in fact, regulation matters, regulators matter, and they, they actually save lives. As head of the CTSI Brexit think tank, Craig is well-placed to talk about the implications that Brexit uncertainty, combined with cuts to regulatory services, could have on regulation. It's really disappointing that three years on from the from the vote, um, that we have really no, no clearer on what what the future relationship with the EU will mean. Um, we have studied the preparedness for Brexit from government. We are we're quite positive about the messages that come from government about no fewer protections for consumers. Um, but when you actually look at the detail and the levels of interconnectedness, you see that it's not as straightforward to deliver no fewer protections because of that le level of interconnectedness. There's, there are certain, certain networks that the UK cannot unilaterally recreate on their own. So this promise that consumers will be protected through the Brexit process is it, it's fine words. It's really hard to deliver though. Um, because we're part of this interconnected 40-year-old, uh, well, 40 years plus network. The second measure that we get from government is that um, there'll be no lowering of standards of regulation. And um, that's another promise that might be difficult to deliver, again, for, for, for the reasons I outlined. But one of the key factors that, that shows that that promise is difficult to deliver is the fact that they've cut their regulatory service by over 50%. So in, in no way do they have the same level of uh, preparedness for crisis that they, they might think they need. Uh, and especially as we, as we leave the EU and we end up with, uh, with new regulatory and trading relationships, the value of, of having officers who understand the regulations, are able to apply them and are able to advise business will be at a premium. Um, so it's, it's the wrong time to be cutting regulatory services just when we're, we're on the brink of creating new trading relationships. James Evans is a local councillor from Paris. He takes a particular interest in consumer protection issues and attended symposium to gain insights into how funding cuts are having effects on the ground. The main challenges we face is all those around funding, making sure the, the service is adequately funded going forward. We've had reduced budget cuts from the Welsh Government and from the UK Government, but it's making sure we actually protect consumers, and that's something that we want to be an events county in Paris, so we need to make sure that those events are safe for people to come to. And I think what's very underestimated is, like you said, the wider work we're trading standards do. And I try and say that when I'm at cabinet meetings, if you look at adult social care, for example, if one older person is scammed, they then become heavily reliant on adult services. So I think it's always quite very naive of people to say keep cutting the regulatory services without having a wider understanding of the, of the great role they play in preventative measures from people of going into care. And I think if more of that was understood, I think we could redistribute money more effectively. I take a great interest in the work trading standards do, like I've said, just protecting consumers, you know, and that's I think, is the role of elected officials, is making sure the public are kept safe, and that's some great work the trading standards officers do up and down the country to protect the vulnerable people, and just normal people in our society as well. Phil Owen, Service Director at CTSI, is also concerned about the impact of cuts. He spoke to us about some of the knock-on effects, including the importance of training in making the best of a difficult situation. For many years there's been quite a bit of cuts to, to local authorities and, and that has meant uh, several things. Uh, a lot of expertise has left the service and we're finding when we are delivering training you know that uh, certain competencies haven't necessarily been retained in, in the local authorities so our, I see my role working with other organisations to be able to, to bring those competencies back up to the standard they were you know, uh, a few years ago. The last few years as well 
I've been working on a, uh, an apprenticeship, uh, a regulatory compliance office apprenticeship, which has made the connection between school leavers and university leavers and the profession, which we've never had before. Regulation is an area where one particular regulator can't deliver all the protection for consumers and also the fair trading for, for businesses. So you have to work together as different agencies. And uh, part of the core skills that we're training individuals in is to be able to identify all those core um, stakeholders and other organisations that can, you can work together and possibly even be able to help you deliver the outcomes that you need in your, in your regulatory service. Danny Island became Operations Director at CTSI at the beginning of this year. We spoke to him at Symposium about how the problems cuts to resources pose require new approaches to enforcement, including possible changes in strategy and structure. We have to be as prepared as possible to prioritise those, those areas we have to sort in the next few years. Um, that means working very closely with government, and that was really good that we had the Minister here, um, so she's absolutely passionate of working in trading standards with us because she understands the risks um, by having OP and SS with us. That shows that they're really, really closely tied to trading standards and we need to work with that and we need to influence so that the austerity measures are actually halted. They can't go much further or else, as some of our speakers have been saying, the risks are too great if we carry on going with the way we're going. So, so the key priorities for me is that prioritisation. What do we need to do with the resources we've got and then how do we actually cover other areas? And we might have to think outside the box a little bit. You know, we, might, we, we, we did a session around some of the trading standards people becoming contractors because of austerity, you know, their, their, their roles might be at risk, but we don't want to lose that expertise. And that expertise needs to be retained in the profession. So how we engage with our members, how we engage with central government, that's another real priority for me around that cohesive understanding of the, of the, of the environment we're working in. Ian Simpson is a former chair of the board of CTSI who specialises in regulatory compliance. He agrees that cuts to resources raise the need for fresh thinking and new approaches. There are a lot of challenges because as resources as uh, a key thing. We're a professional membership body. We want to train and have competent officers to deliver regulation. And um, the challenge is about budgets, uh, a lot of it. That's one of the big key issues. And the cuts to local government, and that's affected trading standards a big time. And that's one of our concerns about um, having regulation is great, but we need to have enforcement officers um, out there um, being able to enforce because it's as uh, challenging as ever. Whereas uh, it might have been different sort of uh, challenges in the past. We've got a, a global a global system of, of, of distribution of goods. We have goods coming in, consumers buying over the internet directly into their homes. So we have new challenges about how, how things happen, how consumers work, and we still need to protect them because there's um, some uh, horrendous things in terms of product safety, in terms of food, food standards. There's lots of challenges. And um, a lot of committed staff want to do this. Um, and yes, one of the challenges is about the resources and new ways to, uh, to be able to tackle things. Uh, we have a new regulatory compliance officer apprenticeship and I'm delivering that uh, through Babington and we're, we're delivering training and making uh, the new officers for the future in regulation. I think that's where my passion is now in terms of doing it because we've had a lot of cuts, we've had an ageing workforce and if we can bring in new blood to, to, to regulation and that's across trading standards but across local government and national government, new, new enforcement officers, compliance officers, um, that's where my passion is, yes, absolutely. And I think it'd be a great thing so we've got the, we've got the regulators of the future to, uh, to to help consumers. Sylvia Rook is CTSI's lead officer for fair trading. 
Like the other trading standards professionals we spoke to, she is concerned that continuing cuts have the potential to put consumers at risk. She believes, though, that one of the possible solutions is greater collaboration between the national and local levels of enforcement. I think it's very clear that finance is going to be an issue and it will always be an issue. Costs are being cut, resources are being cut, and we still have a lot of work to do. And if we can work out how to work together, nationally and locally, then I think that's going to make a big difference. I think the problem is we are local government. And if you're local government, that means your funding is coming from your local council. Some areas have got more money than others. That means effectively it's a postcode lottery and all you need is a big national problem and there could be certain areas that just won't be able to deal with it. And I don't think we have the contingency planning to be able to deal with national problems on a local level. Funding is an issue, but funding is not the only issue. You need competent staff, you need good training, you need excellent communication, you need contingency planning. And we need to have some way that you can actually help each other out if there's a problem. I mean, you only have to look at something like the world pool issue where you have a small local authority trying to deal with something so large scale and you can see that we're not really geared for that. There's a really good thing about local issues and dealing with things on a local scale but that can't work for everything. I think the problem is the future is so uncertain at the moment and certainly Brexit has caused a lot of problems because you've got this uncertainty. You don't know if legislation is going to stay the same, if it's going to be different, what our relationship is going to be with our European neighbours. So that's clearly going to be an issue. Um, in terms of the future, it's really hard to know what is going to happen at all. Um, finance is, is always going to be a problem and I think we have to be imaginative and we have to work out ways of making it work. Certainly being here together and being able to talk about it is the starting point. One of the people tasked with tackling many of the challenges we've discussed on a national level is Graham Russell, Chief Executive of the Office for Product Safety and Standards. He spoke to us about what he sees as the major challenges and opportunities the importance of understanding and implementing new technology and why ensuring product safety is a particular priority. The video that we watched in the symposium this morning um, was a really hard-hitting video about some of the real issues that affect people um, and that trade and science professionals are dealing with. We went back to 2001 and we looked at foot and mouth, we looked at Horsegate, we looked at some of the current product safety issues around tumble dryers, we looked at the tragedy of Grenfell Tower and the complete picture that that painted about the importance of regulation, protecting people and protecting the most vulnerable people. And I think one of the points that I'm really concerned to make about that is that trade and standards officers do a vital job and it's an important job for protecting people, keeping people safe, keeping people alive and that without the work of trade and standards then people are at risk in all sorts of areas, consumer detriment, food and my area is product safety and that's an important part of that. So one of the things I want to say is that Trendsend's broad range of activity is something we should be more confident about talking about and making sure that people understand that. And who are the people who need to understand that? Well, first of all, all consumers need to understand the work that local people are doing for them in their locality. And when we get that message right, then we get local opinion formers, elected members, councillors. That's the local government, and that's where some of those decisions are made. But, of course, my role is as part of national government. So I've got responsibility for making sure that ministers understand that, that there's a, a parliamentary debate, there's a national debate about the important work that trained standards officers do. So my responsibility within that is product safety, metrology, hallmarking. There's a wider um, conversation going on and the forthcoming white paper will have an enforcement section that looks at the importance of local enforcement, regional enforcement, the work that NTS do, and also national work that people like OPSS, Food Standards Agency and others do. 
I think if we get that right, then we do have an infrastructure that's capable of delivering locally for local people, dealing with national and international issues, many of the product safety issues that we're dealing with are global, but also dealing with those crises which are a big focus of ensuring that we have the necessary resilience. One of the hazards we fall into is if we think simply we can mobilise people to deal with an issue. Is the training there? Is the capacity there? Is the expertise there? Have we got those people on the ground? And one of the themes of this symposium has been making sure that every local authority has the capability of doing that, not just the best, but all of them. For product safety, which is one of my key areas, we focus on three things, really, that are driving the current agenda. One is current issues, current events, current incidents, and that affects things like white goods, lasers, fireworks, and those are real issues that we're grappling with and working with local authorities on. Then there's the consequence of EU exit, the fact that as we leave the EU, we need to ensure that we've got a resilient system in the UK for data sharing, for enforcement, for market surveillance, working with our European colleagues, depending on the outcome of the deal, but making sure that we can protect people and support business in the UK. And then the third area is very much about looking forward. The way that we regulate, the products that we regulate, will be very different in a few years' time. If we go back a few years, we used to go into, goods and, go into shops and buy goods. Now, a lot of goods are bought over the internet. Something like 48% of people regularly buy goods over the internet. Some of those are bought directly from people outside not just the UK, but the EU. They may never have seen a, a business in the UK. How do we regulate those goods? How do we ensure they're safe? But moving forward, the actual physical goods may never move. It may well be that we print them at home on 3D printers. It's the software that we'll be buying. What sort of regulators do we need to be to deal with those issues? And how do we utilise that same technology to be more effective? How can we make sure that products are safer because they're connected? So could an Internet of Things connected fridge not just tell you when you need to buy more milk, but also tell you that it needs to be recalled, it needs to be repaired, it needs to be made safe. That would be a great success in terms of improving recall success rates. I think we've got some opportunities, but as regulators, our challenge is to move ahead and not regulate for yesterday, but regulate for tomorrow. When we talk about empowering consumers, it's important that we get simple, straightforward, usable messages. We want to be transparent with consumers, we want to give consumers information. But if we overburden consumers with too much information, what we know from all the research is that they will move back from the conversation and they've got lots of other things, they've got busy lives. So giving people simple, straightforward, accurate, usable messages does work. And we're currently carrying out some research with consumers to see what would motivate them to take those effective actions, whether that's registering their product, responding to a recall, using their product safely, contacting Trade and Standards for advice when that's appropriate. We want to make sure they're empowered for all of those actions and what we need to know is what will work most effectively. Many of us have become familiar with nudge techniques, behavioural insights. We know there's a rich source of information there, but we want to make sure we use that well and we use it based on good sound evidence, and so that's a big part of what we're doing. We're committed to making sure that that information is available to local authority trade and standards professionals so they can use that right at the front line with their local communities to resolve issues that matter for them. The biggest single thing we're doing actually is listening. We need to know what is the real experience of frontline officers, heads of service, and I had a wonderful session with about 25 of them this morning where we just had an opportunity to hear what their concerns were. And that's probably the single biggest thing we're doing. 
Second to that, yes, we've got some messages we want to get over to people about the services that we're offering, the partnership we're doing with them, things like access to British standards, which is now free of charge, things like the um, product recall standard, the training that we're offering, training on risk, training on product safety more generally, our aspirations for metrology and, and a better approach to weighing and measuring and connecting with those people. So we have got some messages and it's a really great opportunity to do that. One of the big themes of this symposium has been about resourcing for local authority trading standards. And one of the things I was saying this morning is there's actually quite a complicated set of solutions to that. First and foremost, it's about local authorities making decisions about trading standards allocation of resources. And what we want to do is empower heads of service to have those conversations. And there's some really good examples, which I've heard over the last couple of days, about people who are demonstrating the great work they do in protecting people, supporting business, being part of that bigger economic picture, and making sure that where they live and work is a safe place. And so firstly, I think that's really helpful if we can help that conversation. I've got a responsibility to have the national end of that conversation, making sure there's a national strategy for product safety, we've got a coherent picture from the global right to the local. But that isn't sufficient on itself. We've also got to make sure that we use our resources to support local authorities. And so we've done a number of things this year. One of them, and, and I think perhaps the one that we've been talking about most this, these two, two days, is we have created a testing fund. So if any local authority anywhere across the UK has a product that is locally manufactured, locally imported, and they want to get it tested, we've provided the resources for them to do that. We've also made arrangements with local authority test houses to make sure there's a complete range of tests available and to make sure those tests would be appropriate for the screening or the, or the level of evidence they're seeking to provide for that. So as far as we can, we've done that work so that local authorities can just take that off the shelf and use it. We're now going a step further this year. We're increasing the amount of funding to 600,000. I'm really hopeful that that money will all be utilised by local authorities. And we're, we're hoping to provide local authorities with a list of their local importers and manufacturers so they can target. We don't want duplication with everybody looking at the same product. We want a really good spread across the country. And what I've picked up from talking to people is that that kind of practical support really helps them because it's money they can access. It's money that goes directly into their bottom line because they can use it and no one else can use it. So they can't lose it to other parts of other of, of, of demands. So we found the feedback that we've had is that's been really well uh, used. And the results show that local authorities have used it intelligently, they've targeted areas of concern, and now they're acting on those areas of concern to make a difference. So I think that's a good news story. OPSS, like many parts of government, has been working on preparations for EU exit for some time. And we've been trying to put preparations in place right through from ensuring that we have an effective regulatory system, ensuring that we have good intelligence, ensuring that we have systems to support that, and then ensuring that our frontline colleagues at ports and borders and across the UK can enforce that effectively. And colleagues will know that particularly border issues around Northern Ireland, ensuring that we have a robust system without creating a hard border has been right at the centre of the, of the negotiations so far. So we know this is really important to government. It's also really important to people. Um, what we've done to support local authorities in that is, first of all, make sure we've got a complete legisl legislative arrangement. So we've passed what turns out to be the biggest set of regulations in the history of UK Parliament, which covers the whole range of product safety issues um, across all the different themes that we've been talking about. We've also built a database Trade sense officers um, depend strongly on a European system called RAPEX, which is now called SafetyGate. We hope that we'll be able to negotiate access to that going forward. 
But what we know is that we need better systems in the UK. So we've built a new system product safety database. It was ready for the 29th of March for if we'd gone to no deal at that point. We're now testing it with colleagues in the east of England to make sure it's even better. And so that will be available to local authorities already and will be increasingly in use. And then the other thing we've been doing is training frontline officers so they're fully aware of their responsibilities, particularly those in the key ports and borders to make sure they're properly resourced, properly equipped. And then we've been working on the intelligence side of that to make sure we've got a single intelligence picture, working with colleagues who've been funded by National Trade and Standards in Suffolk, who will be joining my intelligence team, so we've got a single intelligence picture. And I think if we do those things, yes, we know there are a variety of scenarios. We know that we may go down a variety of routes. What we've got to make sure is that for any of those routes, people are protected, businesses are equipped, and regulators are supported. And that's really been our priority. Well, that's it for another episode. Thanks to all of those who shared their thoughts for this week's episode, and thank you for listening. We'll be back again in a fortnight's time with more from the world of trading standards. If you have any ideas or suggestions for the podcast or you just want to get in touch, send us an email to madetomeasure at jtsmag.uk. Don't forget to like and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.